Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Only the covering of Baal was in land. They will cry out, famine, high gas prices. They will cry out, food shortage, not enough. But if you fear what they fear, then that stuff will come into your own house. But I'm not living under Baal. I'm living under the kingdom of God where there's more than enough. There is abundant provision. There's a full supply. Who's covering you? Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, I want to welcome everybody that is here in the building today and uh, welcome all of our online community that are gathering from all around the world. We welcome you guys. Kingdom Rock, let us welcome our online community that are joining us. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. We're excited that you're here, and we know the Lord is going to give you a rich and relevant word that's going to change your life. By the way, would you like to give into the ministry as well? You can give and support the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ right here on the Kingdom Rock Network. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org and give a dollar. Just give a dollar. I know the Lord's going to take that and, and spread it far and wide. If you just do your part, you say, I can give more than a dollar, then do that. Do as the Lord uh, leads you to do. We'll be so grateful that you did, and so will you. Amen. Well, on today's, I'm about to say on today's broadcast, <clears throat> in today's service, the Lord's given me a word to give to you today. Oh, my Jesus. Be patient with me, and you receive the rich word of the Lord. Uh, let's go, go back to 2 Timothy. We've been in the series entitled Fake Church. Fake Church. In the last days, you will see a fake church. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it at all. The Lord wants us to be real. Amen? Real and genuine. And there are benefits to being real and genuine with the Lord. Let's go back to 2 Timothy, and we're going to zoom. Well, let's start at verse number 1. 2 Timothy 3, chapter, verse number 1 says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be, uh, they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. Verse 5, they will act religious. That's that false church. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. What's happening in our world today? There's a lot going on, isn't it? There are four areas where there seems to be an eruption of things. Bad things are happening. One, there's, a, there's an increase in sexual perversion all throughout the land. There's an increase in money, the love of money, or there's an increase in you know, people trying to get it and people not having it. There's... There's an increase in that. There is an increase in 
Paranoia. People are so afraid. So afraid. And there's also an increase on the mass deaths and killing of our children. All these things are signs of the times. If you're fearful today, you need to hear this. If you're wondering what's going on, what's happening, just stay tuned. Everybody in this room, don't change your channel. They won't online community, believe me. I'm going to give you the rich word of God today that's going to help settle your heart so that you may know how to live and how to thrive even in these times. Amen? If you didn't know it, this world is under judgment right now. But it's not what you think. It's not what you think. I'm going to show you clearly in the word of God, very clearly, what's happening right now in today's world. This is why, um, church, we have to examine ourselves Make sure that we're walking in line with God's word. We're going to have to repent on behalf of ourselves, on behalf of our families, on behalf of our community, our churches, our nation, and our world. We're going to have to repent because you don't want to fall under the same judgment as the world. Amen? Let me show you this in a nutshell. In Isaiah, Isaiah the 8th chapter, we read this last week, and I feel the need to bring it up before you again today. You need to hear this. You need to see this. Make note of this. Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 11 through 14. It reads like this. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. He said, don't call everything a conspiracy. That is... Stop saying that everything is out to get you. Stop running around in fear. This is going to happen to me, and that's going to happen to me. Somebody's plotting against me. They're plotting evil against me. God says, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. That's what the world does. And don't live in dread of what frightens them. Don't take the fear of the world into your life. Verse 13, he says, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who uh, should make you tremble. And I love this next sentence, verse 14. He will keep you safe. Do like this. Cross your arms and hold yourself and say, God, my Father, will keep me safe. Online community, you do the same and say that. Everybody again and say, my Father will keep me safe. That's his promise to you. Verse 14, he says again, he will keep you safe, but to Jerusalem, or rather to, uh, to Israel and Judea, he will be a stone that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, he will be a trap and a snare. You say, why is that possible? Why is that true that he will do that to his own people? Well, you'll see that in the word of God today. But for you that are faithful to the Lord, he will keep you safe. Now, the judgment of God is never meant to be something evil. Let me say that again. The judgment of God is never meant to be something evil. Let's go to Psalm, Psalm 119. Thought you were going to get away from it today. Nope. Psalm 119. Look at verse 67. Psalm 119, verse 67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. 
Affliction means to be cast down, to be troubled. So the word says, David says, I believe here, before I was troubled, I was going off and doing my own thing. I was going astray. I was rebellious. But then trouble came and straightened me out. Look at Psalm 119, verse 71. It says, it is good for me that I have been, what? Afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. When judgment comes, trouble comes. It's not for evil, but mainly sometimes it's to wake us up and help us to realize that we're, we're drifting off course. We had a testimony not too long ago of a certain brother in this place, we won't call his name <clears throat> James, um, who fell asleep at the wheel on a long trip, driving down the expressway, fell asleep at the wheel. Well, the Lord troubled him, and he realized, oh, 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 let me pull this car back on track, right? I'm just, I'm, I'm many of us have been in that shape before. Oh, my Lord, falling asleep in a dangerous time. Well, the Lord sends a trouble to wake us up so that we can get back on the right road, right path. Psalm 119, verse 75 says, I know, O Lord, that thou judgments are right, and that thou uh, in faithfulness has afflicted me. Because you're faithful with me, you've troubled me. Because you're faithful, the trouble has come because God is faithful. The judgment has come because God is faithful. Trying to wake up our communities, trying to wake us up, wake us up individually, our families. The trouble has come to wake us up, to trouble us too. Because the Lord says it's time for us to get back on the right road. So easily to fall asleep in this time. Now I want you to see this too in Lamentations. Y'all stay with me today? Lamentations, I want you to see this. Lamentations uh, chapter 3, verse 31 through 33. You need to really hear this. I want you to see the, the Lord's heart in the midst of trouble. Verse number 31 says, For no one is abandoned by the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Though he brings grief, he also shows compassion because of the the greatness of his unfailing love. Look at verse number 33. Make a note of this. It says, for he does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. He doesn't enjoy it. I don't know of any parent in their right mind that says, I enjoy spanking my children. I don't know of any parent in their right mind that says, I enjoy uh, putting my children under restrictions and not letting them do this and that and the other. I don't know any parent in their right man that says they, they love that. But scripture says plainly, if we be not chastised, if we be not disciplined of the Lord, then we're illegitimate children. We're illegitimate. For everyone that is a child of God will be, you'll find the Lord um, training you, disciplining you, correcting you. Correcting you. Now, why are people and nations afflicted? Why are we going through trouble? Let's go again to Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 17. Psalm 107, 17 says, Fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Transgressions means uh, simply rebellion. 
because of our rebelliousness toward God and because of our iniquities, that, that is our sins, trouble comes. Trouble comes because of our rebellious hearts against God and because of our sins. Trouble comes. Trouble comes. Discipline comes. Training comes because that, because that comes to pass in our lives. Now, I want you to notice something. We're going to zip right along. I want you to see this. Our society today is actually this is I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. What is happening in our society today has already happened before. It has happened once. It will happen again. There's nothing new under the sun. I want you to see it in the scripture why this happened to a nation, the hallmarks of it, and how God's people were able to stay safe in it, but not only stay safe, but thrive in it. Not just survive, but thrive. I can tell you now prophetically in this time that when the world says drought, when they say famine, God's people will be like that tree planted by the rivers of living water. You're going to still bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaf shall not wither. And whatever you do shall prosper right in this time. Because you're not subject to the things of this world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. I want to show you this. Let's go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings 16. Are y'all see with me? Why don't you see this? 1 Kings 16 chapter. And it begins to talk about, verse 29, it begins to talk about Ahab, uh, the king. You know about Ahab and about Jezebel. Let's look down at verse number 30. It says, but Ahab, son of Omri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight, even more than any of the kings before him. Now, this whole thing that we're going through now, the nation's going through, is all about covering. It's all about covering. Who's covering you? It's all about covering you. Who's covering you? What's covering you? What the leadership does affects the nation. What the father does in the house affects the home. What the mother does over the children affects the children. It's all about covering. Every bit of it is about covering. So today we can say that we're going to, if we would title this, we would say the father's covering. It's all about what's covering you. We have some military people here today and some, some police people here today. I believe I, I, I've heard it. I've ne never done it before, but I've seen it on TV. <laughs> Where someone advances, they want to go forward. They would say, cover me, cover me. And then the other guy say, okay. And then they start shooting their guns. <laughs> and the other person, you know, can go in and do this and that and the other because something is covering them. Protect me as I advance forward. Protect me as I advance forward. Have my back. You got it. Yes. As I advance forward. This whole thing is about covering. What's covering you determines what showers down upon your life. What's covering you? Who's covering you? Determines either blessings or cursings. Ahab was the king here, and because this evil king ruled in Israel, trouble began. And the Bible says that he did more evil than any of the kings before him. Verse 31, uh, it says, and as though it were not enough to follow the sinful examples of Jeroboam, the former king, 
he married who? Jezebel, the daughter of, of King Ethbaal uh, of the Sidonians. And he began to, what? Bow down in worship to Baal, or to also pronounce Baal. And verse 32, it says, First Ahab built a temple and an altar to Baal in Samaria. Then he set up an astroth pole. He did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than any of the other kings of Israel before him. This is what's hanging over them. Trouble was coming. Now, let me tell you, let me give you a little background, because when you talk about Baal, Baal worship was marked by about four things. Baal worship was very sensual. They had temple prostitutes. You want to go worship? Hey, there's a temple prostitute that will help you worship. Needless to say, a lot of men didn't miss services. Temple prostitutes. And what they were doing, they were casting, they were, um, the prostitution, what was actually happening was that the women were carriers of demons. They were worshiping and falling down toward the, to the false god uh, Baal, the false deity Baal, which was simply a demonic power, demonic spirit, and they worshiped it, and those spirits entered into, into uh, the women, and through sexual intercourse, those spirits of, you, don't you understand that you become one, the two become one flesh? You join not only physically, but you join spiritually. This is why it's so bad to go swiping left or swiping right on some little app something. You don't know what someone has and what they're giving to you. You're looking at just trying to have some physical thing, but you're actually taking it on the spiritual characteristics of all those that were before you. Need deliverance. So there's temper prostitution, spirits are passing around under under Baal worship and under Baal worship. Also, they would also they would sacrifice their children. Sacrifice their babies, throw them into the fire, usually their firstborn. So babies sacrifice and and ritualistic uh, sexual things were done and also, Baal was supposed to give them money and offer them their crops, uh, make your crops grow. So that's, they were an agricultural society, so that meant, of course, they would have money. Baal said, I'll give you money. And he said, I'll also defeat all of your enemies. All these things were the things that that God was supposed to do. And so King Ahab fell right down with it, and he married Jezebel. Jezebel was, a, was as a high priest. She brought priests into Israel and she slaughtered, killed all the priests of God, had them all killed. And the whole nation now, these are the same people that God brought out of the out of Egypt, same people he allowed to go through the Red Sea, destroyed Pharaoh and all that stuff. The armies of Pharaoh took through the wilderness into the promised land, the battle of Jericho, all of that. Now they're all settled in the promised land. And now they're worshiping this false god. And the king himself is commanding it throughout the land. He has made it a law. Do not serve God. Serve Baal. They have killed all the Lord's priests. And so the national religion is Baalism. Baalism. 
judgment has come. And so for a long time, the people of God, the, the nation, well, this, their society was marked again by four things. Sexual perversion, by the love of money, by fear, paranoia, because Baal said, I'll protect you from your enemies. You want to worship me because your enemy is coming. You want to worship me because you know bad stuff is happening. You want to worship me. So he kept a prevailing sense of paranoia and fear in the air. Sexual perversion and paranoia and the love of money, the lust of money and things and the killing of children, the killing sacrificial sacrifices of the babies so that their parents could move forward in life. Are you hearing? All of that was happening under the rule of Baal. Until, somebody say until. Until the Lord raised up the Elijah generation. The Elijah generation were those who had not bowed down to Baal, that had not fallen to sexual perversion, but that were still worshiping the Lord. Now we know even, we're about to go on, we know that Elijah, further on in this case, you know this case, further on in this case, Elijah thought that he was the only one that had not been killed. But yet still, he was still standing in righteousness, refused to bow the knee to sexual perversion. I will not go to that nasty website and do those nasty things with those nasty people. No, I will honor the Lord my God in purity, keeping myself for the Lord. He was not all about the money. His eyes were serving the Lord. He wanted to serve the Lord. And he didn't fear what they feared. If he did, he would never have had that showdown on Mount Carmel. He did not fall in line and sacrifice children so they could get ahead. God raised up this Elijah generation. Now, I want to show you this. Let's go ahead. And we're going to read because the Lord had given the people, his people many commandments. One, he said, you'll have no other gods before me. You'll have no other gods before me. Don't do it. When you get to the promised land, don't do it. And he told them also, do not intermarry with those with the people there in the promised land, because if you do, their daughters will uh, will try and they will convince your sons to follow their gods. And that's exactly what happened. They were unequally yoked. And the men just followed straight in line. OK, honey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, honey. Okay. <laughs> okay, honey. <laughs> Which is exactly what the wisest man, Scripture says, Solomon, wise man. But he married all these foreign women. Nothing wrong with the ladies, but it was the gods that they were serving. Nothing wrong with the person, but who they were serving. And it came to the same point that Solomon built idols and temples for all of his wives. Who you worship? Okay, let's make a temple for him. Let's make a temple for him. Who you worship? And so there come, pops up all these temples all the way around. All these foreign gods have now come into the nation. What's covering you? What was covering the nation? What was covering until God, all this stuff happened in Israel, 
until God raised up the Elijah generation. Those that would not bow the knee, even if they were all alone. He told God himself, I'm the only one left. Yet and still, he had a showdown with the prophets of Baal. Let's go on now. Let's go to 1 Kings 17. I'm sort of jumping on around about when you get home, you can read all of 17, all of 18, and really get all of it in there. 1 Kings 17. Let's look at the entrance of Elijah. Now, remember, this society was marked by sexual perversion. Um, the draw of money, fear, and paranoia, slaughtering of innocent children, slaughtering. Flesh was burning on the altars of Baal. Babies burning on the altars of Baal. Dying. Children dying. All these things are happening right now here in our society today. And let me say this to you that are joining us online. I don't know of any woman that have had an abortion that wanted to do it. The women that I've known thought that they have had no other hope in doing it. But let me tell you, if you've taken that road, your child is with Christ. And that sin can be forgiven. And you can then begin to help others on their walk and journey with Christ not to go that way. Sometimes these ladies feel, sometimes ladies and men, they feel like they have no other choice, no other option. There is an option. There is a choice. So I don't want you to feel condemned that you've allowed this to happen in your life. Or if you're in sexual perversion, do not feel condemned. We can all find repentance in Christ and move forward. Need you to know that you can move forward. All of you in here, you need to know that you can move forward. Amen. So this was the climate that they were under. Sexual perversion, uh, the money, a lack of money, running after money. Fear was rampant, paranoia, and of course, so the slaughtering of the children. These are things that are happening today until the Elijah generation came up. And this is 1 Kings, 1 Kings 17. It says, now Elijah, who was from uh, Tishbe in Gilgal, told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, as surely as uh, the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve. Notice this, he's making a line now. The God I serve, because you, Ahab, do not serve him. The God I serve. There will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Now, this was very strong. Why? Because Baal was the one who's supposed to supply your crops and make your, make your produce grow. And he's the one who supplies the rain. And, and he was, is the one who takes care of you. He's the one who's covering your family. He's the one who's doing this. God said, okay, I'm going to shut the power off. Y'all living in my house. You say he's taking care of you? Well, let him do it. So God shut it off. He shut the water off. And for about three years, they were in a serious drought. 
Why did God do that? Let's look at Isaiah, Isaiah 42, verse 8. Isaiah 42, verse 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. For a long time, the people of God, Israel, we're thinking, Baal is taking care of us. Oh, we're having good. I got a good crop in this year. Baal is taking take care of us. We sacrifice our son at the altar there. We burned him alive many times. Burned them, the children, alive. Killed them, sacrificed. Oh, it's because of Baal. He has done this. He's making us rich. Until the Elijah generation comes up and tells you, no, it's, it's not Baal. It's been gone. That's been merciful unto you. It's been Yehovah that's been merciful unto, unto you. Yehovah Elohim has been merciful unto you. But his mercy has run out. And so he sends Elijah to show the people because they were all asleep at the wheel. They were in autopilot, just serving. God's altar has had been broken down, no longer serving the Lord. So the Lord had to tell the people, it's me, not him. Look at verse number two as we go back. Y'all stay with me today? First Kings 17, verse two, it's, it says here, it says, then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide in Chirith Brook, hide by Chirith Brook, near where it enters uh, the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. What's happening here? God is taking care of this Elijah generation. Now, the rest of the culture, rest of the nation has no water. Remember, the Lord shut it off. There is no rain. The rest of the nation has nothing to eat. But God says, I will supply you food and I will supply you water. He says, ravens, you will be his butler. Ravens, you will be his cooks. He, he supernaturally supplies where there should be no supply. He supernaturally supplies, tells him where to go. This is where you would drink, and this is what you will eat. Just stay here. In the midst of drought, in the midst of panic and fear, he hides him. He covers him. Still has plenty. I'm sure Elijah's still gaining weight over there. Oh, here comes another raven. Oh, he's bringing me some steak today. Woo! All right, so I'm talking about. Oh, he's bringing me some veal today. All right, all right. Ray, what you got? Spam? No, no, take that back now. I want the good stuff. You know, so anyway, he's, he's waiting there and being fed by ravens and drinking from the brook until the time that the brook dried up. Why did it dry up? There was no rain. And so God sends him now, he sends him down to a widow at Zarephath. This is where we're going to begin to close out here in just a minute. He sends him down to a widow. Elijah, the brook, the brook is dried up. Now it's time for me to sustain you by a widow. A widow sounds like a very unlikely source. I'm sending you to a widow at Zarephath. Zarephath means refinery. Gold is refined in the fire. Silver is refined. Precious metals refined. Something's about to be burned off. So here's this woman in Zarephath next to Sidon. Now she, as well as the rest of Israel, 
still serving Baal. She is serving Baal when he arrives. Something is about to be burned off. Let's take it up here. Verse number eight then says, uh, then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the, uh, the village of Azarephith near the city of Sidon. Uh, I have instructed a widow there to feed you just like he did the ravens. So he went to Zarephath, verse 10, he went to Zarephath. Uh, as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you bring me a little water in a cup? Now, this is a drought. It has not rained. Where's she going to get this water? Don't you know in the middle of a drought, water is valuable. Some people think, Brother Stigall, some people think they had bottled water back then, but they did not. If it didn't fall in your land, you had to get to it. You go to another place and get that water and somebody had to bring it back. Don't you know that water was expensive? He said, bring me a little water first. He said, in a cup. Uh, as she was going to, to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. What, what the? These things are very scarce in this land. Water, okay, that was expensive, okay. <laughs> we got you. All right, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Food too? Dude, I just met you. Then here comes the word of the Lord. Uh, well, let's, let's look what she said. She said, uh, but she said, I swear by the Lord, your God. I swear by the Lord, your God, that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I was only rather and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jar. I was just gathering a few sticks when you got here. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. Last meal. We're about to have our last meal. Why is it their last meal? She's testifying. It's a drought. There has been no rain. There has been no crops. No fresh water in the land. They're destitute. By her own testimony, they are about to starve to death. But verse 15, verse 13, the Lord says, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Boy, if I tried that today. <laughs> Bring a little money up to the church first. We about to get put out. I don't have any money. I don't have any gas money. Yes, yes, yes. The Lord says bring some money up to the church first. <laughs> yes, we understand that you have no food in your house at all. We understand you're about to be put out. Yes, we, yes, we understand. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What do you want me to do? Yes, bring the last that you have up to the church first. Boy, I tell you. I can almost see a stank eye coming here. 
feel this. She's desperate. She's just said, this is the last we have. We're going to eat this and we're going to die. But he says, do what you're going to do, but give it to me first. Verse, and then it says, then what's, oh, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. What's happening here? He's trying to get them to shift governments because she has been depending on Baal to take care of her. And now the Lord said, if you would do this, make this sacrifice, come under my covering. I will take care of you. You are destitute. You feel like you're not going to make it because that false god Baal, he is the one that you said who supplied your needs, but he's not doing it. So come over to me, get under my wing, and I will cover you. And he used this food and water, this desperate situation, to shake her up, to refine her faith. So she did it. And in verse number 14, it says, for this is for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. This is how he said he's going to cover you. There will always be flour and an oil or rather an olive oil in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. He said, God's going to always take care of you. It's about the covering. Will you switch governments? Will you switch Covering. That's really one thing we need to say today that God is requiring us today switch covering. We've been depending on the job. We've been depending on the government. We've been depending on on all this other stuff in the world to supply our needs. God says switch covering. Switch covering. What are you depending on? What are you standing on? What are you relying on? Switch covering. It's not about the monthly check. Switch covering. And her sacrifice to the Lord and believing in what he said switched her over where there was plenty. Because the kingdom of God was never in lack. Only the covering of Baal was in lack. They will cry out, famine, high gas prices. They will cry out, food shortage, not enough. But if you fear what they fear, then that stuff will come into your own house. But I'm not living under Baal. I'm living under the kingdom of God where there's more than enough. There is abundant provision. There's a full supply. Who's covering you? Ask your neighbor, who's covering you? Who's covering you? Because if the Lord is covering you, if Jehovah is covering you, Jehovah Elohim is covering you, Yahweh is covering you, Jesus is covering you, why would you be afraid? Why would you panic? You know who is covering you. Let's look on down verse 17. It says, Sometime later, the, the, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, Oh, man of God, what have you done to me? Mark that in your, your verse, your scripture. What have you done to me? 
Have you come here to, to point out my sins and kill my son? Why would she say something like that? Why would she think that her sins have, have found her out? One, people were dying all around them. They were in drought, famine. People were dying. Why? They're serving this false god. And it wasn't Jehovah God. It wasn't Jesus that was killing them. It's because they were so wrapped up in thinking that this will save them, that they ignored their Savior. And so she said here, have you come to kill my son because of what I've done? But notice something. When Elijah first met her, her testimony was, we're going to eat this and we're going to die. She and her son were already dead. The father extended their life through miraculous provision. She said again, this is our last meal. We're going to die after this. From that moment forth, their lives belonged to the Lord. He was covering them. He was keeping them. Elijah became the man of the house and their lives were extended. God already told him, I've called a widow, a widow woman to sustain you. Her life was safe and in check because of the commandment of the Lord. Her son's life was not covered. It would have been covered, but she cursed her son from the very beginning. She said, me and my son are going to die. She spoke death over her son in the very beginning. What she spoke now came to pass. She said, my son and I are going to die. And those words that were hovering came to pass in her own household. She didn't die because she was under divine mandate, but her son did reap her words. Elijah takes the young man up to his room and he begins to cover the young man with his own body. Three times he covered him. And then the young man revived and he brought the young man back to the mother. And she said, now I know you're a man of God. Now I know that you speak for God. Now I know it through this fire. She has been refined. She has switched governments now, switched kingdoms now. Now she knows that Jehovah God, he is the God. She's no longer confused now. She knows where her blessings come from. It seems like she would have known that because they ate so many days. But because of this fire, the death of this child being resurrected, now she realized who was really in control through that refiner's fire. So why are we going through this all today? Why are we doing this? What's happening in our nation today? Like Israel, we've turned as a nation, we've turned our backs to God. We've turned our backs from him. We're relying on money. We're relying on job. We're relying on the governmental systems. We are relying on sexual perversion. We are, are so afraid. We're relying on all these things to happen to us and all these things to take care of us exactly the way they did. But how did they escape the judgment of God? They switched kingdoms, repented. It came down, of course, to the 
What happened in the widow's house happened also on Mount Carmel. There was a refining of fire. And all the prophets of Baal were killed. And the people realized, just like the widow, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And that's what we're going to have to do in this climate. You don't need to fear what they fear. You don't need to worry as they worry. You're not under their kingdom. You're under the kingdom of God. Reaffirm your commitment to Christ. Hear me, child of God. Reaffirm your commitment to him. Repent of your sins. Turn to the Lord. Renounce all these other things. Speak to him. Talk to him. Realize that he is your covering. Pursue him. Make him holy in your life. Sanctify him in your life. And he will keep you safe. And not only will he keep you safe, he will provide for you. And you will thrive in these times. You will thrive. But make sure that he is your covering. Make sure that you have the Father's covering. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word you've given us today. Lord, I do pray today that we would make a decision to ask Jesus into our hearts and into our lives that we may escape the judgment of the world, the trouble that's going on in the world today. And that trouble is to wake them up, to even to wake us up, to realize where we're serving and, and who's covering us, what's going on in, even in our homes. Lord, we pray today that you would assure our hearts even more so and let us know what area we need to turn, how we need to repent, and from what, so that we may affirm our commitment to you because you are God and there is none like unto you. We give you praise today. Now, my friends that are right here in this room, those that are watching online right now and those who will be watching later on, I want you to know that Jesus does love you more than you'll know, more than you know. If you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never invited him in your heart, then now's the time to do that. Maybe you are feeling like, you know, I have been serving all these other things, but I want to be right with the Lord. Then if that's you, then all you have to do is repent and believe in Jesus. Trust in him. I can help start you off with a, with a short prayer. This prayer does not save you. It is your faith in Jesus that does. Repenting of your sins and trusting in him that does. But let me start you off with a little prayer today. So those of you that are in this room uh, this morning, those of you that are watching, listening, if you feel the Lord tugging at your heart, then come on and pray with me, okay? And just say, Father, I come to you, a sinner in need of a savior. I repent of the sin and rebellion in my heart. I come back to you and I want you to be my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my King. Live in my heart, Lord. Live big in me. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. I turn from the darkness and I turn to the light. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's time for you now to join a good Bible-believing a good Bible church. 
You need to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And then let us know how we can help you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. Until then, we'll see you next time, okay? Love you guys. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.